0: Uh, how many of you realize it's one thing to get saved, it's another thing to live it? Well, I got a big amen on that one. I must be going down the right trail. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great being saved, but then you realize that Jesus has called us to some hard things, amen? Like, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That doesn't sound romantic, right? Uh, crucify yourself. I don't like the sound of that because I like not crucifying myself, right? Uh, it doesn't sound real inviting, but Jesus said uh, you can't follow him unless you pick up your cross daily. There are certain things that where Christianity will not work if we don't do them. See, Christianity hasn't been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and not tried. And I think it's been found difficult and not tried because we have misunderstood what real Christianity is all about. It's not about making you rich, giving you a Bentley in the front yard, and' um, giving you a mansion. No, that's not what it's about at all. It's about you producing fruit, and me producing fruit. So I want to talk to you today about the key to a fruitful life. How many of you want a fruitful life? All right. Now I'm going to talk to you about uh, right out of John chapter 15, we're going to talk about the key to a fruitful life. And uh, what, did, what does it mean? How do you get a fruitful life? How do you become fruitful? How do you produce the fruit of the spirit? How does it happen? How do you mature in the things of God? We're going to look at that today. John chapter 15, verse one, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now that's pruning. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, cuts, cuts away on things that don't need to be there so that you can be more fruitful. All right. All right. Now, that it may bear more fruit. Verse three. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. All right. Those are the terms of the contract. We must abide in him. Now, verse five. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he's going to bear much fruit. For without me, you can do what, everybody? Nothing. Now, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. They go into somebody's fireplace because they disconnected from the tree. All right? Now, he says, if you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, abided and abide in his love. Now, last verse, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, Why, everybody, read it with me, that my joy may remain in you. Had any joy lately? Have you had any joy lately? All right. Jesus said, I've spoken what we just read. He said, I spoke this to you so that my joy might remain, not be fleeting, not come and go, but might stick, might be a part of your life. And that your joy may be half full. Is that what it said? No, that your joy may be full. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts and help us to be truly, genuinely fruitful in the Christian life you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say fruitful. Amen. Amen. I love the Bible. How about you? Isn't that good stuff? Just reading what Jesus said. Now, Jesus is talking here, uh, please catch this, about several irrefutable facts about the Christian life. He's giving us irrefutable facts, just like gravity. There's no way you're going to get away from gravity. Gravity is an irrefutable fact of life. All right? Jesus just gave us things as certain as gravity on how to be fruitful in the Christian life. Now, one... He's divine, and we are the dependent branches, utterly unable to bear fruit without Him. You can change a flat tire. You can go to work. You can earn money. You can raise a family. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit of God and bringing forth spiritual fruit, we can do nothing apart from Him. Not anything. Now, second, abiding in Him brings several incredible benefits. And I'm going to talk about those benefits in just a moment. Third, we abide in him by obeying his word. So I want to take these three things one at a time. First, I want you to say with me, he's the vine and I'm a branch. There's no way you can change that. He's the vine and we're the branch. Now, because we're in Texas, I'm going to do away with vine and I'm just going to say tree. He's the tree and we're the branch. Amen? Amen. Now, when Jesus is talking about bearing fruit, what's he talking about? Well, primarily, he's talking about the spiritual fruit that you read about in Galatians. And let me just read it to you. The Holy Spirit produces uh, this kind of fruit in our lives. Now, church, pay attention, because if you're connected to the vine, these things ought to start showing up in your life, because this is a description of the character of Jesus Christ, all right? So here it is. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, love, joy, peace, Uh uh-oh, patience. How many of you wish that was a gift and not fruit? Because gifts are sown, fruit is grown. I wish patience was a gift and it could just drop on me, but it's not happened to me yet. All right? Kindness instead of being mean. Goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness instead of being gruff and rough and harsh, gentleness and self control. Everybody say self control. So, the fruit of the Spirit, among other things, is self control. Uh, When Paul told Timothy, he said, We've not been uh, given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and we, most versions will say sound mind, but the Greek is self control. We've been given a spirit of self control. So, you're not out of control. You're under control. You're not under your control. You're under the Holy Spirit's control. Amen. Now he says there's no law against these things. Jesus tells us in in the very same chapter that we were chosen for the very purpose of producing spiritual fruit. He tells us in John 15, these words, watch this. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. You didn't find me. I found you. And he said, and appointed you. For what reason? That you would go and bear fruit. What fruit? The fruit we just read about. And that your fruit would remain. It would be a part of you. That you would be full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, and faith. That it would become a part of you. That when we talk with you and get to know you, these are some of the things that we encounter. And the idea is that as we're abiding in him and connected to him, these different things ought to be showing up More and more, because what we just read describes the person of Jesus Christ. And God saved us according to Romans 8, 28 and 29 to shape us and mold us into his image. And what is his image? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, self-control. That's his image. How many of you want to look like Jesus? Want to be like Jesus? Want to deal with other people like Jesus. I want to, how many even want more love? More joy. How, how about peace? Well, see, these are fruits of the Spirit that are to grow on us, the branch, as we stay connected to the tree. The first irrefutable fact of the Christian life Jesus gives us is you will never be fruitful, you will never bear these things, produce these things disconnected from him. Listen to what he said again. Take care to live in me. That's another word for abide. Stay connected. Take care to live in me and let me live in you, for a branch can't produce fruit when severed from the vine. Nor can you be fruitful apart from me. A branch can't be fruitful severed from the tree. It won't happen. Let me give you an illustration. Two branches. Here we go. <laughs> uh, amen. And he's already, he's already breaking this one up. Now everybody say that one's alive, but not for long because here's the deal. Let me just talk about this one first. Let's just say that this branch that was just taken off a tree a few hours ago, look at the work I go through to prepare my messages. I went out to the woods with a saw, but here's the deal. This was just disconnected from the vine, from the tree. All right. Now, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian who says, you know what? I think I'm just going to drift a little bit. I don't really need to pray every day. I don't need to be in the word of God every day. I don't need to go to church all the time. I don't need to be that radical about my Christianity. I can just kind of be a Christian. I can compartmentalize my life and I got my Christianity on Sunday, but the rest of the week I'm kind of worldly, but that's okay because I know that I'm saved and it's cool. I don't really need to be with the Lord every day. I don't need a devotional life. And and let's just say that this branch could talk. Now, what would this branch be saying right now? He'd be saying, look at me, I'm disconnected from the tree, but I've still got green leaves. I'm still flexible and pliable. I'm still alive. If if you look at the inside of me, it's still green. It's healthy looking. I'm doing just great. All that stuff about abiding in the tree, that was not to be taken so seriously. But what he doesn't know is he's headed for this. All right? Because you can't, the only difference between this and this is the amount of time they've been disconnected from the tree. But see, you can't disconnect from the tree and bring forth the fruit of the tree. No, the opposite happens. If you disconnect from the tree, this is what happens. Jesus said you wither and you spiritually die. Now, there's a lot of Christians walking around like this and, and they're they're in the tree and, and therefore they're bearing the leaves of the tree. They're bearing the life of the tree. As a matter of fact, they're as strong as the tree because they're in the tree. And the tree is what gives them life and sap and, and water and feeds them and cares for them. They've got to be connected to the tree and as long as they are, this is what they look like. But if you walk... Say, well, I'm not going to be in the Word. I'm not going to read that Bible. I don't have time to read that Bible. I don't have time to pray. I, you know, church, I kind of got out of the habit when COVID was going on and I just don't go much anymore. I, I, I'm okay just watching online. And truth is you don't watch much online and you don't worship online. And you may grab something online every once in a while, but here's the deal. You get away and you go, I'm okay. I'm disconnected, but look at me. But eventually the leaves start falling and the limbs start drooping. And the whole thing starts wilting. And we see you later, about six months down the road or a year later. And this is you. You're brittle. This can't handle strong wind. It's going to snap. It can't handle adversity. These branches are brittle and dry and dead. They can't handle adversity. Uh, it, It has no life. It's not producing leaves. It is not doing what God intended it to do. And Jesus said, men will gather you and throw you into a fire. That's all you're good for anymore because you're no longer bearing fruit. So the question is, do you want to look like this or do you want to look like this? All right. Jesus said... Take care to live in me and let me live in you because a branch can't produce fruit when severed from the vine, nor can you be fruitful apart from me. See, we are totally dependent on him for spiritual productivity. A branch can't produce fruit when severed from the vine. Amen. How do I stay in the vine? I daily get in the word of God. I daily pray. I stay connected to a local church. I'm involved in a local church. And let me go on to say, you ought to be planted in one particular local church. not. Uh, you're, you're not a bumblebee flying from flower to flower. You're supposed to be planted like a tree in a local fellowship where you are producing fruit and releasing your gift and being a blessing to the congregation. Because it's not all about you, it's also about the congregation that you were sent to. It's not just to meet your needs, but you're sent to a church to help meet the needs of others. We are to feed one another. We are to water one another. We are to encourage one another. A local church is not a restaurant. No. It is not a restaurant where you eat. Where do you want to eat today? Well, let's go get some fast food. Let's go get some steak. Let's go get some Mexican food. No, no. You stay planted in a local church. You put down your roots. You get known and you let other people know you. Everybody say abide in him. Mm Amen. Amen. Second thing is abiding in him brings incredible results. According to Jesus. Listen to these results. The first benefit we've already talked about, you will bear fruit. Whatever the tree is producing is what you're going to produce. So it's so important what we're connected to. If I'm connected to the world, I'm going to produce worldly fruit. If I'm connected to the Lord Jesus, I'm going to produce spiritual fruit. Now, second, it brings answered prayer. Jesus said, if you abide in me, he makes a connection between abiding in him, staying connected to the tree through prayer and and reading the Bible, and and I'm going to talk to you later about obeying his word. If you stay connected to the tree, then Jesus makes a, a, a connection, a link between abiding and answered prayer. Listen to what he says. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Do you see the connection? He said, if you abide, if you're connected, if you're praying, seeking me, living for me, putting me first, it it, it greases the skids of your prayer life. Listen to Jesus again. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Then he says in the same sentence, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Have you ever made that connection? Have you ever thought about it, that Jesus says abiding in him has something to do with answered prayer? That, that when you abide in him, uh, you, have, you have more prayers answered? Well, what would be the connection? Why would that be? I'm going to tell you why. Maybe you've never thought of this. It occurred to me really this week. It's because a genuine disciple of Christ who is abiding in him and in whom his word abides will not ask for anything but what is according to the will of God. If you're abiding in him and seeking him and loving him and seeking to please him in your life, then then what you wind up praying for is more likely to be according to the will of God. And if it's according to the will of God, he's going to answer it. The Christian that is daily abiding in Jesus, the vine, the tree, and in his word is going to desire only those things that God desires for him. Now listen to what the Bible says, Psalms 37, verse 4. Watch this. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Everybody say delight. Make the Lord your delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God. Make Jesus the numero uno of your life. And he says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, there's two ways of interpreting that verse. Here's one. If you make the Lord your delight, he's going to give you what you pray for. And most people walk away with that understanding. But let me give you another understanding. If you make the Lord your delight, the desires of your heart will come from him according to his will for you. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Think of it that way. If you're delighting in the Lord, it's him that gives you the desires that grab your heart. All right, are you with me? So, so let's think of it that way. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and as you're delighting in the Lord and walking with Him, He He begins to drop on you His desires for your life. You know, when I was uh still a teenager, I fell in love with Jesus because He first found me. We we love Him because He first loved us, right? But I, but I did. I just I, I went wacky crazy in love with Jesus Christ. I I was worshiping Him all the time. Uh, I learned to play guitar um, just so that I could first worship him alone in my little efficiency apartment that I had. And, and I learned, I mean, I am sure that I alone made God sick of kumbaya. I'm sure that I did it. I'm sure God turned to Jesus one day and said, hey, can we teach him something else? Because that's all. But because all I knew was a, a couple of chords and I would just sing to Jesus alone in my apartment. And I made him, he loved me first, but because he loved me first, I, 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 grew to love him back and, and he set my heart on fire with, with love for him. And so I, I would sit in there and just sing these simple little, God, he is Lord. I'd sing it over and over. God is so good. I'd sing it over and over. Kumbaya. It was popular back then. I, I would sing that over and over. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. That's what kumbaya means. Come by here. Come by here. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. And all of a sudden, I began to experience desires that had been foreign to me. I began to develop this ir- irresistible, inescapable desire to preach and teach and communicate and declare the word of God. Where did that come from? It didn't come from me. It was a desire that was dropped into my heart as I delighted in the Lord, it came from heaven. And you know what? It became so, uh, so overwhelming, so impossible to ignore, so impossible to get away from. I would pray and say, Lord, take this out of my heart. Cause you don't seem to understand. I have stage fright. I am not a public speaker. I would tell God and he didn't listen. Because it only got worse. It got stronger until there was nothing I could do but to begin to communicate the word of God. And I got over the stage fright clearly. But here's the deal. When I made him my delight, his desires for me became my desires for me. Do you get it? So, and and when his desire for you becomes your desire for you, when you pray for it, there is no way it's not going to happen. So make, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires that invade your heart. Amen. The Bible says, what the wicked fears will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. Notice, he couples righteous living with desires that God hears and answers. He, he says in Psalms 145, 19, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Catch that. He connects fearing the Lord with him fulfilling the desires that have seized your heart. Yeah. So not just answered prayer is a benefit of abiding in him, but even what you desire to pray for comes from him. So what's consuming your heart today? What what are you praying for? Uh, You know, James said, you pray, but you don't get it because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Some people are praying for things that, that are not anywhere in the will of God for them. But how about you? Are you praying for something that God has dropped on your heart? Because if God has dropped it on your heart and his desire for you has become your desire for you, it's going to be answered. Amen. And a third benefit of abiding in him is fullness of joy. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. God's will for every believer is that we would experience the joy of the Lord, the Lord's joy. Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer in John 17. Jesus said, now I, he's talking to the father and he says, now I'm coming to you. I told them, my disciples many things while I was with them in the world. So they would be filled with my joy, my joy, not your joy, not someone else's joy, but the joy of the Lord. So Jesus said, I have joy. Yes, I'm headed to the cross, but I have joy. The Bible says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus had joy. Jesus was a joyful savior. He was not a deadbeat. He wasn't always walking around with a long face. He had joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord. The, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you need more strength than then hook up to the joy of the Lord? How do you get the joy of the Lord? You get the joy of the Lord by abiding in him. Abiding in him. See, we're, we're all big on happiness in America. But happiness comes from a happening that happens to make us happy. I'm going to say that again. I like that. That kind of came to me. Happiness comes from a happening that happens to make us happy. Like I guarantee you, you men, if I walked you out of church today and I walked you straight up to a brand new cherry red F-150 pickup and said, God told me to give this to you, I'd see a happy man. Oh yeah, I know I'd see a happy man. And you'd be happy for a while. But you know what? Happiness doesn't last because the happening that made you happy in this world almost always fades. Happiness is not joy and joy is not happiness. Because you see, the joy of the Lord doesn't depend on a happening to make you joyful. The joy of the Lord is there no matter what's going on around you circumstantially. The joy of the Lord is an inside job. You don't need something out here to trigger it. Only here. It happens in here. It springs from within. Even in difficult times, you can experience the joy of the Lord. Because thank God, it doesn't hinge on, it doesn't swing on the hinge of a happening that comes to make you joyful. No. Jesus said to the woman at the well, drink of the water I'm going to give you. And you'll never want to drink again. Because the water that I give to you will become within you. Everybody say, within me. A spring of water springing up into everlasting life. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of us. And part of the Holy Spirit springing up into everlasting life, part of that Holy Spirit living inside of us is the joy of the Lord. It springs from within You have a spring, a a well that was dug inside of you when you got saved. And that well is filled with not normal water, regular water, not H2O, but with the water of the spirit of life. When Paul and Silas and the rest of the church were persecuted in the book of Acts, it says the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What's up with that? if I'm being persecuted, martyred, threatened, mocked, ridiculed, imprisoned, that's not a happening that's going to make me happy. No, but they had joy. Where'd it come from? From within. From within. All right. Let me talk to you about, in closing, about how we abide. This sounds great, Jeff, all these different benefits and all that's going to happen because I'm abiding in him. But how do I abide? Let me give you one simple way. Walking in his word. Walking in his word. Listen to what Jesus said. If you keep my commandments, you will abide, you will abide, you will certainly abide in my love. If you do what? Keep my commandments. What's his commandments? His teachings. Yeah. In other words, if you, if you, if you walk the talk, that's how you abide. The number of way, one way that we walk or that we abide in him is by walking in his word. That means by doing it, by living it, by obeying it, by doing what we know he has taught us to do. See, Jesus is first my savior, but then he's my teacher. Yeah. Uh, he's first my savior come unto me all you labor heavy, heavy laden I'll give you rest you come to Jesus and your savior born again but now that you're born again and you're in spiritual diapers what are we to do well we are to read what he taught and live according to what he taught obey his word Jesus said listen to John 14 15 if you love me you will keep my commandments can we say that together if you love me you will keep my commandments. What are his commandments? His teachings. His teachings on forgiveness, his, te- his moral teachings, his financial teachings, uh, everything that he taught in the Sermon on the Mount, and not just Jesus' teachings, but the teachings of his apostles. Because they're teaching the word of the Lord to us. So in other words, what the Gospels tell us and what the Epistles tell us, all the Philippians, Colossians, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, First and 2 Corinthians... I started in second Corinthians last night and I could not put it down. I was chewing second Corinthians alive because it was feeding me. And I walked away going, that's what I should do. That's what I must do. All right. So say with me again, he's not just my savior. He's my teacher. And, and, and there is a direct connection between abiding in him and keeping his word. John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He who does not love me does not keep my words. You can't get any simpler than that. You know what that means in the Greek? If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. If anyone doesn't love me, he won't keep my word. In other words, it's not what you say, it's how you live. Not perfectly. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm not saying never making a mistake. We all make mistakes. I made mistakes this week. I said some things, thought some things, had my spiritual battles. But I'm sincerely endeavoring to please the Lord by walking in his word. Because if I don't walk in his word, I lose my peace. If I don't walk in his word, hey, this is what's going to start to happen to me. If I don't walk in his word, it's as I obey his word, I avoid this. Because as I walk in his word, I abide in the tree. The apostle John says, keeping his word is the proof of being authentically born again. Listen to John. Now, I didn't write this. John wrote this. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. John, you're being too harsh there. You shouldn't talk that way, John. That's mean. That, that hurt my feelings. Now John says, let me tell you the truth. I want you to understand if you're really born again or not. Because he who says, I know him and doesn't keep his commandments, doesn't know him. Amen. Pastor Jeff, I'm so glad I came to church today to receive this word. We're living in a day of sloppy agape and greasy grace. People say, I know him. And you look at their lifestyles and you go, really? You do? Really? Um, But whoever keeps his word, John goes on to say, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, by this. By what? Whether or not you keep his word. By this, we know that we are in him. By this. Do I forgive people who offend me? Um, Am I living the moral life that the Bible teaches? Am I... Am I obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Am I, am I choosing him over the world? Am I, am I living the things that Jesus... Am I seeking first the kingdom? Am I, am I living it? Because this is how I know whether or not I'm in him. You're not going to hear a message like this in most churches in America. Because they're, they're going to tell you God wants you to have a yacht and a big house, and it's all about making a bunch of money and being successful in the worldly sense. But this is not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you know him, you will keep his word. And if you keep his word, you will abide in him. And if you abide in him, you are going to bring forth all kinds of spiritual fruit and be truly rich. Okay. And see, if I don't keep his word, I get convicted. If I'm a real child of God, if I don't keep his word, I get convicted. Amen. I figured this would be a jump up and shout word. Jesus said, he hears these sayings of mine and does them. I'll liken him to a wise man that built his house on a rock and the winds blew and the rain fell and the floods came and beat on that house and it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. And how was it founded on the rock? That person kept his word and did it. Amen. Stand up with me, would you? How many of you want to be fruitful? Abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. And please understand, again, I want to say, I know people make mistakes and I know you struggle with strongholds. You know, you let something into your life. First it's a toehold, then it's a foothold, then it becomes a stronghold. And you're struggling with it. God forgives. God is for you. But we need to understand. There's going to be a group of people when Jesus comes back. They say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do so many things in your name? Cast out devils and heal the sick and did miracles. How in the world is he going to say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Because they didn't know him. They were using his name for fame and money. But they didn't know him. We need to know him. Amen. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Say, Jesus, I want to be fruitful. I want to bring forth the fruit of the vine. So, Lord, help me to abide, just to abide every day. And thank you that as I do, I will produce fruit in its season. And my leaf will not wither. And what I do will prosper. Because I am abiding in the tree. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, this week, if I can just be transparent, I struggled. I got offended. I got offended. Re- significantly offended. And uh, I know who I am. I'm a spiritual leader. I'm a pastor of a church, but I'm still a human being. And I got offended. Now, don't look over at Cindy. She didn't do it. (laughs) But I got offended. Um, uh, I felt let down. I felt betrayed. And, And I had to deal with it. Now, here's the deal. I know I can't walk with that as a disciple of christ i can't walk with that i can't nurse it i can't rehearse it i can't disperse it i shouldn't i'm supposed to deal with it so i and i, I you know i would say lord i forgive but then it would creep back up on me and i'd start thinking about it again can i be real with you guys and, and i and i would Then I would forgive again and it would creep back up on me again. Finally, I just had to fall on my face and say, Lord, you're going to have to grace me to do this. And He did. Because there's no way I could get up here and preach if I was carrying something like that. Now, why did it matter to me? Because I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And He told me I can't carry offenses. I can't. And so, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I had to unload it, I had to get rid of it, I had to lay it down. Because. No person, place or thing is worth my destiny in God. Right? So I had to let it go. I had to let it go. And um and you know what? I'll guarantee I'll have to do it some more before I'm totally because it'll try to creep up. Have you ever just been driving down the highway and all of a sudden here goes your brain remembering something? that happened five years ago before you know it you're thinking those dirty rascals they did them." and the devil got in your head on the highway and you just have to say wait a minute i forgive i forgive i forgive i release i let go because you can't carry it as a child of god How many of you hear me today? How many of you are going to be fruit bearers for the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. Amen.